listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. I think we talk about this Thursday night game because I think it's bigger than people realize. We'll have a pick at the end of the show, but let's really set the table on how big this game is with Tom Brady against Nick Foles. That's right. It is week five debuting later on tonight, 8.20 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. It is the Bucks at the Bears. Right now, Tampa Bay is a three-and-a-half point favorite for Tom Brady's big debut in a standalone spot on national TV. So remember, and this is kind of for the batters, and we'll make it quick, three, three and a half, the biggest difference in football. More games and three as a margin than any other margin. So if you are laying three and a half and you could lay three, you can't win. You can win in the short term. Midterm, maybe. You can't win. you got to take three and a half and lay three. It's that simple. That said, when you look at this game, I'm going to ask a question, and we'll start with Jonas, go to Faz. How big in Tom Brady's mind is the revenge? If you're a football fan, you remember Nick Foles, obviously, with the Philadelphia Eagles. It was a game in hindsight in the Super Bowl that Tom Brady, they say, maybe began the rift with Belichick. The sense was, I put up this many points, and I'm still losing, and We don't know for sure how big of a contributor that was to the Brady-Belichick riff, but it certainly was a big game. And Nick Foles has had big games since, but none will be bigger. And Tom Brady, a man who's a player who's always looking for motivation, he's always looking for something to drive him. Is this a drive that we got to take into account when we handicap the game tonight? Jonas. I, I believe so. I think Tom Brady's one of those, like Michael Jordan, and we saw it play out in the documentary, The Last Dance, to where stuff that we would think is so petty, not even the biggest deal in the world, they thrive on that. They look for any sort of advantage, anything to motivate them and get them ready for a game. And he knows damn well that Nick Foles was the guy on the opposite side of the field who got all the glory in winning that Super Bowl. And if you remember, Brady was awesome in that Super Bowl. He threw for 500 yards. He had the late turnover. But he was the best quarterback on the field. But it was Nick Foles who got all the love. And I don't think Brady ever forgot about that. Yeah, and I do think, you know, I guess my first instinct is, should I debate how the Jonas just doesn't know how petty I could be? <laughs> but, you know, I don't think that necessarily would be the right move here. I do find Jonas to be who is usually less, mm, he's not one to buy into every narrative. He, he's kind of a skeptic, a cynic, a skeptic. The fact he's buying in here tells me, wow, it probably is something to consider. Fez, what do you think? Yeah, I think Brady is the consummate professional, but he's got a fire that burns within him. And I certainly think he is not immune at all to using situations like this to his benefit. So he's not immune, or it's something he's inclined to do? He's inclined to do. He absolutely, you see him on the sideline getting everyone involved. I think it is a factor, and it's a positive factor. And in a way, it could be something where maybe Brady doesn't even have to be the one who's perpetuating it. Maybe it's a situation where his teammates say, hey, Tommy boy, mm. we'll, get, we'll get him back for you. And Brady maybe would have those feelings himself, but does, he doesn't even need to vocalize them maybe. Maybe it's, you know, hey, okay, thank you. It's, you know, let's try our bet. But the players, let's be candid. If Tom Brady's in your locker room, 
doesn't matter who you are in Tampa. He's three times, five times more famous, three times, five times more accomplished. And I'm talking about the most famous Tampa Bay Bucks. otherwise, the most accomplished, with Gronk being an exception because of their history. Every other player on the Bucks would want to do a solid for Tom Brady. And the idea of, hey, this is our chance to be there for Tommy, I think it could not only motivate Brady, but motivate the entire team. Other than this, and we are straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bell, and we'll start with you, Fez, go to Jonas. What do you think the biggest one factor in the game is? And then end of the hour, we'll do our picks. Thursday night football travel. So Tampa Bay mm. goes over 850 miles. I know, RJ, you pioneered the... Well, I mean, you feel free to go ahead with it, though. Well, no, I think... <laughs> no, you, you, <laughs> you, buddy. Well, it turns out 850 miles is the point of demarcation on a Thursday night game. If you travel under 850 miles, then it's not a big deal to have to play a Thursday night road game. So what's the numbers? So it's 48.5% the road team covers... It when they travel under 850 miles. All right. So this, the the default, the narrative is that the data says Thursday night road teams have it tough, tough, tough. All kind of theories about that. As we'll say, pregame.com has dug in. We've identified the mileage is a key factor. So if it's under 850 miles, it's just below 50% for the road team. So it's not great for them, but it's a small disadvantage. If it's above more than 850 miles, it's what? 39% against the spread. 39%. I mean, let me see here. That's less. Let me see. Yeah, that's less than 40%. (laughs) (laughs) So to me, that's something. So what you're saying is, Tampa here, even if they have Brady's motivation, the team's motivation, big disadvantage for them there. Yes. Jonas, same question. Biggest factor. Uh, the Buccaneer injuries, they're banged up on offense, and it's multiple players at the wide receiver position. It's Godwin who's out. Evans has been banged up. Scotty Miller's been banged up. O.J. Howard's already out for the year. It feels like uh, the running backs, they've got injury at the running back position. It just feels like there's a lot of injuries on that side of the ball. Now, Tampa is deep on offense. Do you think that for this game, I know for the season, if this is all they had, it would be too thin. Do you think for this game, it's, it rises to the level of cluster injuries, it rises to the level of, uh-oh, it's a huge factor? I think it's a concern only because the Bears' defense, although it's not what it was a couple of years ago, it's still a pretty solid defense, and there's talent on that side of the ball. So I do think it is a concern if you're Tampa Bay going into this. What do you think of that, Fess? I think the the fact that there's so much depth that it's not as big a deal. And Godwin's an awesome wide receiver, but let's face it, Evans is a solid number one. Evans is going to play. Miller's a really good three. He's likely to play. And in terms of running backs, I don't know if it's a big deal that Fournette's likely to miss because Ronald Jones, I still think, is the slightly better running back. The tight end is a big deal because Gronk is struggling at tight end. So we thought this would be a point of strength, but it really isn't so far with Gronk underperforming. Okay, so I I think I agree with both you guys. Objectively, there's a lot of players out on offense for Tampa, but Tampa has a lot of depth. So it affects them, I don't think, as much as it would a typical team. So the line right now is between three and three and a half, matters where you're playing. 
Tampa Bay favorite on the road. And end of the hour, we're going to have some picks, props, who knows what, an extravaganza. RJ, from Thursday night football to Thursday night baseball, we go, and we've got two different stories playing out in Major League Baseball. Coming up uh, less than an hour, about actually right about an hour from now, on TBS, it is Game 4 between the Rays and the Yankees. Tampa Bay with a 2-1 series lead, looking to finish off New York in that game. And then on the NL side, you've got the LA Dodgers up two games to none, looking to finish off the San Diego Padres. That game coming up later on tonight as well too yeah dodgers think about this plus 160 is all you make if they win the world series from this point 100 wins you 160 they are big big favorites rays are second in the four to one or a little bit higher range to me back in the early 90s one of the ways you could win at betting was play against the super public teams fade notre dame fade Mm. the lakers fade the Celtics. Fade, uh, let me think, San Francisco, Dallas. So those teams usually were so good, they could even you know cover even with the, the heavy freight. But the reality is the Yankees were always on that list. And I think the Yankees are a team that, to this day, you can benefit from by just fading. You guys would know better than me, but didn't Floyd Mayweather get a lot of that treatment too? There was a lot of people who just wanted to see him lose, so they would bet against him almost every fight. Ooh, now that's interesting. So with Floyd, you would get both sides of it, right? One was people do bet against him, and thus it helps the price. And thus, I would say, in fact, I'm certain I've bet on Floyd more than I've bet against him. Right. And oh, by the way, you've never won betting against him. <laughs> so the price never mattered with Floyd. But the, one of the biggest bets I ever made was when Floyd fought against um, ah, the UFC guy. I'm having a McGregor, right? McGregor, McGregor. yeah. I think I laid, let me think about this. I got it about five to one, and it was like, you watch that fight, it went about as perfectly as it could have and for McGregor, and it was an easy win for And what Floyd. was amazing about that is we all laid minus 500, 5 to 1, and yet the, the odds kept dropping and got as low as, I think, minus 425 at some point. All the money against undefeated Mayweather. So you're pretty much saying me too, like I said about my big bat, and you and the code was, uh, you know, actually what RJ said doesn't mean all that much because anyone here in Vegas that knew anything was on that bat is that is that the translation? No. Huh. Okay, that's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. But Jonas, your implication was, I think, oh, because they're hated, there's some value on them, and I think that's the case in rare cases. But in general, a team like the Yankees. If all you do is fade them, you're going to do so much better than if all you do is play on them. Now, that might be easy to know, right, Fez? Because that's pretty standard, right? Or... Sure, but look even at the season <laughs> win number for the Yankees. They, they were 38-and-a-half, and they didn't sniff 38-and-a-half. So, just a completely uh, overinflated season win number to start the season on the Yankees. And I think as things have matured in sports batting, meaning there's shows like this, there's podcasts, there's all the different ways to get information. The old default ways to win, they're not around as much as they used to be, uh, as in the value's just not there anymore. But the Yankees, for whatever reason, seems to have a premium on them, unlike, I think, any team. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. 
on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you for your support. We promise to work as hard as we can to make this the best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Straight Out of Vegas. Right here in Las Vegas, on the Strip, 94 degrees, and the neon is percolating. So, RJ, we are a quarter of the way through the season for most teams. Week five beginning later on tonight between the Bucks and the Bears. And it brings up the question that Steve Fezzik will answer. Quarterbacks that are either up or down this season thus far. Now, I'm interested in your Tom Brady quarterback take, Steve Fezzik, because <laughs> at a certain point on Sunday, you sent a very snarky tweet. Do you want to uh, share with everyone? Yeah, so Brady threw a pick six, and I tweeted, wow, Tampa Bay would be a contender if only they had a quarterback. Now, obviously, I mean, at your, you know, as you near Social Security, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the concept of trolling. Are you familiar with that? I've heard of it. What do you yeah. think? How would you define it? I'm not sure, actually. So, you, yeah. actually, what you're saying is instinctually, you just are a natural troll. A troll mm-hmm. is somebody who says something to try to engender a reaction from somebody else, to try to kind of uh, needle them in a way. Would you say that's a fair way to say that, Jonas? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It seems like you were trying to not... You knew Brady wasn't going to necessarily respond or see it. You wanted the Brady fans to get, like, stomp their feet and say, no, you're crazy, right? That was the goal, right? It was just an observation that Brady had... Yeah, but you realize it wasn't just an observation, right? Because what you would have said is, hey, Tom Brady isn't as good as people think. Yes. That would be an observation. To go to the extreme and say... If they only had a quarterback, that wasn't an observation. Yes, and he sure made me look stupid the rest of the game as he th- proceeded to throw five touchdown passes and played by far his best game of the season. Do you think you were somehow connected to that? That somehow someone read it to him at halftime, perhaps? <laughs> Maybe it was just karma for me calling him out. All right. Who is on this list of quarterbacks overperforming, underperforming? All right. So, and these are really goes back to big questions we have. Aaron Rodgers, beginning of the year, I had Rodgers, my number 11 quarterback. Well, he's rated number one in QBR now, and I've upgraded Rodgers to number three. I was wrong about Aaron Rodgers. To number what? Number three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of it accuracy. If you look at Accuracy versus expected. Aaron Rodgers was very inaccurate last year, 28th in the league. He's sixth versus expected this year. So Rodgers has been great. He's been very accurate and obviously been very motivated. Have you looked at any other pages on Next Gen Stats, or you just <laughs> is your browser just locked on that one? Yeah, locked up on that. <laughs> is it really? How 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 do you lock a browser? No, like? no I, I don't. I don't. Oh, have the... <laughs> oh, you okay? You were joking. Yes. Okay, that's Steve Fezzik. So. I agree with Rodgers. I've been a Rodgers detractor, I think it's fair to say. And I think it was fair. I think his stats were far below his prime for many years. This year, they're way above. And I think it's been enough games, and the eye test tells me it's not a fluke. We're not going to see him regress necessarily. Maybe, but not likely. 
I believe, and I said this earlier in the week, it's an indictment of Aaron Rodgers. This fact. What was it? Well, up until about five seasons ago, Aaron Rodgers' stats performance was as good as any quarterback in NFL history. Then one day, one season, they weren't. And it wasn't some gradual decline. It was a drastic drop-off statistically. He still had some amazing plays. He still had the athleticism. But Aaron Rodgers' stats were, in some ways, yards per attempt specifically. Key stat, yards per attempt, he was below average. Below NFL average for years, even though he had been all-time great in that same stat for many years early in his career. This year, the stats are turned around. Why? Oh, we can debate what it is with quarterback love and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Everyone reporting on it seems to say it's about effort. That something got under Aaron Rodgers' skin. He said, I'm going to really try this time. That means that this was within his power. This performance level was within Aaron Rodgers' power all along. And he chose not to do it. How can that be looked at as anything but, yes, he's one of the all-time greats talent-wise, and for about a half a decade, he really didn't try, and it's been proven by how well he's playing now. What do you think of that, Jonas? No, I think it, it's hard for me to say whether he's more motivated or not, but I don't then think Then what this, could it be otherwise? Well, I don't think it takes an expert eye to look and say, this is the best that he's played in not even just last year. I want to say the last couple of years, last three, for sure, four years. For sure. It's not, not even close. close. Yeah, not even close. And he looks – he seems to look healthier. Um, he seems to, to be having more fun. So, yeah. But it, healthier, it, you mean in better shape? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Well, so that, it, but that's effort, right? Yeah. He didn't get – his body – his no. physiology didn't improve at an advanced age. It's a fair point. Totally fair. If you look at his yards per attempt in 2014 – He had 8.4 yards per attempt. That's almost a full yard above the NFL average. It's all-time great. Literally all-time great. Eight and a half about. Between 2015 and 2019, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. That adds up to five. Five years, he was under seven and a half yards per attempt each and every year, which means all-time great, to below NFL average, five straight years, seasons, and by the way, 2020, 8.7 yards per attempt. If he kept this up, one of the great seasons in the history of the NFL. Give him credit for being an all-time great. Indict Aaron Rodgers for the five years that he was below average in such a key stat when it seems like it was within his power not to be. We're straight out of Vegas. Next, Steve Fezzik. Josh Allen, another quarterback trending upwards. He started number 17 in my quarterback ratings. I have him currently, Josh Allen, number 9. Allen is third in QBR, and he's become an accurate quarterback. And he historically, even back to his days of Wyoming, was very inaccurate. And big surprise for you. I think a big surprise for a lot of people, not just Steve Fezzik. I'm surprised at how well he's playing. Matt Holt, who's with us every Wednesday, Former bookmaker in integrity now. He has been on, he's got a ticket in his pocket 40 to 1, 35 to 1 on the Bills to win the Super Bowl. 
Faz, you booked him on something. Yeah, he wanted more. I gave him 30 to 1. 30 to 1. How much did he bet up with? 200. Ooh, dog. That's going to be $60 million. Oh, wait. No, no. Yeah. Okay. How are you feeling about that bet? What's, Not, the, what's the current Bill's odds? I, I, I don't know exactly what they are. I have to look them up, but it's well below 30 to 1. I mean, let's be candid. You're probably... Um, it's kind of interesting. You have a chart we make for you. So, what are they? 16 to 1. So, literally, he's like double his money. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> offer me a buyout. Well, is that what you want? <laughs> no. Maybe you should just go all the way and just go <laughs> off, the, off the roof if you have I mean, go off the cliff if you have to. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. By the way, tomorrow you'll be making your seven picks. How's your record? 6, 14, and 1, 30%. <laughs> Jonas, how are you feeling about this bet right now? Well, because here's the thing, because my big question was, is Fez, can he get to above 500? And the way I look at it is, well, if he's eight games below, that means he's got to go four and three for the next eight weeks in order to get back to 500. Hmm. Except he hasn't even gone 500. I know. And that's, <laughs> so, so that's why I'm, I'm questioning, is this going to happen or not? Here, yeah, yeah, good. Here's the, here's the interesting thing, is the fact that it's seven picks. That's what people don't get. Fezzik's oh, like up 30 units on the season or on the year, betting all his sports. He's right around break even, even with a bad start to the NFL, with his best bets. And he right here won 12 straight, right, over a course of months with free picks. He's a great handicapper. But seven NFL sides, you can't win that way. Laying even 103, I don't think. You can, you're just not a favorite. And remember, the other thing, and we talked about three, three and a half earlier, how key it is in football. Part of our deal is he has to have his odds at one place at one time. That's a huge disadvantage. You want to be able to bet all week. And at multiple places, that's the only way you can win. Now, if you're doing it for fun, you don't care about winning, eh, fine. But if you're trying to win multiple outs, multiple times you bet during the week. You guys have talked about, and this I thought was surprising when I first joined the show with you guys, that a, a sports better betting on NFL games is looking to go, what, 55%? That's, that a that's professional batter who has a mansion and a yacht, 55% will get you that. So if you're picking seven games a week, what was what was your hope? What was the hope that you could be at the end of the season if you're picking seven games a week? So at minus 103, break-even point would be what, Fez? Let's think about that. 2.4, so uh, 0.8, so 50.8? Yes. Okay, so 50.8% he needed to hit to break even. How were you thinking about it, Steve? I was thinking I'd have one play at 55%, couple plays at 53%, maybe a play at 52%. In the aggregate, it would average to well over 51%. And in truth... He, but first off, I don't think you could possibly think you're at 55% with one play if it's at one book at one time. That's a great point. So really what happened is he got hustled. He got hustled <laughs> is, is the key to this. His ego that just permeates. It per, I mean, I, I think that's the right word. Permeates. I am Elma J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. Like that attitude of his, you got to use it again. It's like jujitsu. You use it against him, his own power. Steve Fezzik, I'm R.J. Bell. So, Steve, 
Who's the quarterbacks that's done poorly? Wentz is the number one quarterback and the only quarterback that really stands out. I mean, I, the number 32 quarterback. <laughs> yes, he's actually 29th in QBR. I had once a top 10 quarterback, number eight entering the season. RJ, I got him 24th now. Now, listen, Colin's still doing right here in FSR, still doing the old, he doesn't have help. But remember, Colin was saying anybody that thinks Dak Prescott is as good as Carson Wentz, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, oh, man, something has happened to Wentz. Jonas, I don't know if you ever – I like to listen to local radio and, 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 and like, New York, Philly, L.A., and hear, you know, especially, you know, would Lakers get that reaction, you know, when it's bad in L.A.? Dodgers do. But in New York, Giants, Jets, I mean, oomph. It, and to me, listening to some Eagles postgame – you got people saying things like Carson Wentz is too stupid to be a court, like professional media guys. Have you seen any of that? Yeah, Adam Kaplan, who's a contributor here at Fox Sports uh, Radio, he's actually based in Philadelphia, and he does local shows for the Eagles. And so I, I talk to him every single weekend here on FSR, <laughs> and he's told me that every single national spot that he does now, every single one of them, he covers the NFL nationally, they all start with Wentz and the Eagles. And he says on the post-game shows, they're out for blood. Eagle fans, they don't like him. They want him out of there. It's it, It's been crazy. Crazy. If you weeks. listen to Peterson and his post-game, he said a few things that really seemed like even two weeks ago that he had problems with Wentz. Kind of like The thing that struck me was he said, the coach of the Eagles, he said something like, yeah, you would think that would work. Like like a couple comments like that, trying to defray responsibility. Fascinating. But no doubt, his stats are worse than people even realize. It's not that he's not a top 10, 12... Some of the stats, he's last, next to last in the league. Yeah, now the question is, should he even be starting after being a top-10 quarterback to start the year? Amazing. 